Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is June 21st, 2021, and I hope you had a great Father's Day weekend to all you dads out there. I am excited to say that today is episode 100, everyone. That is right. We have procured 100 episodes here at the Produce Industry Podcast and look forward to providing you with dynamite content in the fields and on the horizon. Today, we are starting the interview out with AgTools' very own Yolanda Ramirez for our third round of the buying with data and analytics. Everyone, we are going to talk about external factors. So jump on board for the first few minutes of this episode. And then we are going to bring on our featured guest, Dan Christ, who is the vice president of AM King. With more than 20 years of experience on projects in 25 states, he excels in working in the sectors of food processing, distribution, cold storage, and Class A office space, everyone. We're talking about construction for the produce industry. We're talking about the people that build these awesome facilities for our produce people, everyone. A.M. King is on the line today talking about these exclusive facilities in the industry. Don't forget to mark your calendars tomorrow, SEPC's Virtual Guardian. We are going to be talking to Workspace and Workplace, everyone, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Wednesday, we have the Virtual Networking Hour, hosted by the Produce Industry Podcast, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And without further ado, let's get Yolanda Ramirez on the line. Welcome back, everybody. We are at the Buyer Series with Ag Tools' very own Yolanda Ramirez. If you caught the first two episodes, we have been talking about how data and analytics can be involved with your company. The first, I would say, episode that we did was on corporate buying. The second part of the series was supplemental supply for grower side, growers, packers, shippers uh, in the grower world. And then today we are going to talk about external factors and how data and analytics play into that. So Yolanda, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Patrick. It's a pleasure to be back with you. Another day, another time that we get to spend together talking about data and analytics. And heck, we talked off the mic and we're talking about, you know, everybody, if you're thinking about, you know, ag tools, let's just talk about ag tools for a second. If you're thinking about data and analytics and how it can incorporate into your organization, one thing I'm going to tell you, you got to be consistent with it. You got to use it daily, weekly. Don't try to use the system once or twice in a month and go, oh, you know, it didn't work. Consistency is key, everyone. Learn it, understand it, and use the tool to your advantage because you can. So, Yolanda, let's talk now about external factors. There's a lot going on in the produce industry right now. Heck, I would say um, in the whole economy right now, we've got a lot of external factors, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You just look at everything that's happening, whether it's in the U.S. or around the world. There's just so much going on. And, and economically speaking, there's so much impacting our, our food supply, our, you know, the overall supply chain. Uh, you and I were talking a little bit about some of the challenges that produce is currently facing, which is a shortage on pallets, uh, which is kind of a really crazy thing to be going through as we enter into summer where almost every single growing region in the US is producing. Fuel uh, situation has been going on now for well over a month. 
where we've seen fuel prices that have been off the charts. And so as you and I talk about these external factors, it is so important for us as produce people to stay on top of what's happening. Um, we all watch the news at some point in time of the day and we see all these things that happen throughout the world, but now it's really impacting us right here. And it's impacting our pockets, it's impacting how we do our business, and it's impacting how people are getting food on the table. So it's critical, it's important, and the best way to stay on top of it is obviously to watch the news, but our news is so specific to what we do that it's really about having the data of what's going on in the world through so many of the publications that exist. And we do have you know, very, very many different ones all over. So by having Act Tools, which is really cool, you have, every, you have over 50 or 60 different publications on the dashboard. So when you're in our website, all you have to do is punch in a word like freight and every publication that is written on the freight situation will pop up according to that commodity. So it's at your fingertips, Patrick. You can actually just go in there and read a couple, two, three, four publications and get a really good idea of what's going on. Yeah, and it keeps you up to date with what, what is happening, right? And that's why we talked about consistency because you got you can't look at it one week and then look at it a month later and think it's good. I mean, yes, it can correlate, but it's going to be a big difference between that month. And these external factors that are happening are crazy. I mean, I know there's a lot on LinkedIn going on, everybody. There's a lot in the news happening. Everybody's seeing it. If you're a consumer, you're seeing it, right? You're seeing that lumber prices, if you're trying to build a house, you're trying to buy a house, that market is completely up, right? The lumber price has gone sky high. The prices for homes have gone sky high. The prices for land, right? Sky high. It's crazy that now when you get into the retailer or a farmer's market even, right? And you're buying, you're seeing prices go up. Um, I've seen prices as orange juice going up rapidly, completely. And we talked about that. You know, orange juice is almost $8.99 a gallon in some you know, supermarkets. And it's like, holy crap, like that's more than gas. Like that, that is more than some products that we need, right, to, to get to work or, or, or commute to work, right, Yolanda? So we're seeing these prices. But the crazy thing is, you know, I just had uh, Jenny Coleman uh, from, you know, Equifruit on and they're up in Canada. Uh, but they were saying, you know, we don't see too many uh, rises in produce, though. We see everybody else, you know, from Kleenex to orange juice. Uh, consumer prices rising, but produce has stayed consistently the same, but yet freight prices are through the roofs. Um, like I said, pallet prices, lumber prices, it's all affecting the produce community, uh, but yet we're still producing at the same cost as we were a year ago, right? We're still, we're, I mean, our costs have gone up, but our price to exactly. the retailer, to the wholesaler, um, that price has pretty much stayed the same. You know, and I've shared with you, Patrick, that my dad was a farmer. And that's the one thing I remember growing up with. It's like, Labor has gone up, freight's gone up, um, all these different things, right? Packaging has gone up, but it didn't matter because year after year, the price that you got for your box of peaches or your box of nectarines or strawberries would pretty much stay the same. So we see very small rises in the price that, that, that growers actually get back to the farm, but you see all the other costs going up tremendously. So when we talk about external factors, you're talking labor, which has been impacting our industry for the last decade, right? Or more. You're talking about the now the freight, the freight situation that we currently have, the pallet situation that we currently have. 
you know, packaging has continuously gone up, whether it's forgot clamshell, to say packaging, I forgot. Yeah. Packaging as well. Yeah. Packaging, whether it's a clamshell corrugate, it doesn't matter. It all has gone through the roof to your point. And yet we're looking at some of these prices and they're pretty much the same over the last three, five, seven years. And so as a produce industry, I still will always say, I don't think we look at enough data to turn around and say, Hey guys, here's, Here's what we need to present when we go talk to our to our retailers or the people that are buying our produce. Take some of this into consideration. And how can we together continue to support the produce industry? I was talking to somebody who grows uh, a lot of produce out of Mexico yesterday. And he said, hey, I heard that there's going to be even more emphasis on Mexican product because of all the things that are going on in the U.S., in particular to California. So on top of all the external factors that we're talking about, you have the water situation in California. Patrick, there's so many factors impacting production right now that that may be certainly, we've seen how much um, export has grown for an import perspective for the US coming, whether it's from Mexico or Central America or other countries. And all of that is because some of those costs down there can be so much less expensive than what we're facing here today. Again, if we have the data, if we can see it, if we can read the news and see what's going on, we see where freight is going, we see where labor is going, all of these things are on act tools. You can see what the labor is doing, you can see where labor moves and, and how much of that goes into the different growing regions. We can make smart decisions. I mean, I truly believe that a lot of people do this already, but for those that aren't, really look at what's happening and then and then put pencil to paper and figure out that, hey, at this cost, I can't make it work. So I need to ask for a little extra and understanding what's happening in different regions. You come to the table with a much better negotiating tool. You do. Well, and again, it's it's education. So you're seemed more educated in front of your customer, your vendor, right? I mean, that's what it's about. We want to, don't want to tell people false information. I mean, yeah. we want to be able to say, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what we've seen. This is how it's affecting our business. So I completely agree with you again, everyone, if you're using uh, ag tools, use it consistently. Cause that's, what's going to help you in your business, right? Export those PDFs, right. Or export the file to PDF. So you can show the rest of your team, what you're seeing, right. Bring those reports to the meetings, right. Um, use them in your presentations. So you can show people the real data and you can show them the analytics. So people can start understanding that the consistency is key here, understanding that data, incorporating it in with your business will help you make smarter education, educated uh, produce decisions because, hey, who, who uh, doesn't like having an extra tool in their tool belt? Though, so, Yolanda, I greatly appreciate you coming on the show today as a fancy sponsor of the Produce Industry Podcast. If anyone wants to get your whole, hold of yourself or Ag Tools, how can they go about doing that? Yolanda at ag.tools, please reach out to me. Uh, I just want to say one last thing. They don't just get the data. Remember, they, we come with it. So there's lots of time that we will spend with anybody who is a member of Ag Tools going through the information with them to make sure they, don't, they understand it and, and it's usable for them. So not just a tool on your computer. You get subject matter experts that are in the field that have been in the produce industry and understand it as well. So Yolanda, fantastic. And look forward to having you on the show again. Thank you so much, Patrick. It's been a pleasure. 
Well, everyone, that was Yolanda Ramirez with Ag Tools talking data and analytics for external factors. We had three parts of the buyer series. Go check them out. Over the last three months, we chatted all about buying using data and analytics. And hey, everyone, guess what? It is episode 100 today. So thank you so much for being part of the podcast and sharing in this experience through the last year. Now let's get our featured guest on the line, Dan Christ of AM King. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show today. Hey, Patrick, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. You know, when AM King was first introduced to me, um, I was reached out uh, by a fellow colleague, uh, Risa Goldberg on LinkedIn, which got us first connected. And then I'm sitting here walking around SEPC. I had just got done with my education session and I get another gentleman Hey, I'm with AM King. John Miller comes up, gives me a handshake. We, we actually had a, a nice beverage uh, in Orlando together. And then we just kept talking about how awesome it would be to pair up AM King on the podcast and talk about really what you guys do. So I'm just excited to have you here, Dan. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for taking time out of your week to be here today, man. Well, I sure, certainly appreciate you having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk a little bit about produce facilities. That's what I'm here to talk about because I've seen in my line of work, right? I've been a grower, packer, shipper. I've seen some crazy facilities, right? <laughs> that are so dated that we can almost put them up as a historical landmark and people can start walking through some of these old school buildings, you know, like you see in the history museums, right? Like this is where we packed citrus in 1922. So I'm interested to really get this overview of AM King. I've learned a little bit about you uh, from some of your colleagues, but let's give the 30,000 foot overview uh, to our listeners of who AM King is and what they're doing for the produce and supply chain industry. Certainly. Well, AM King uh, started in 2004. And what we are, we're a fully integrated design build firm. And what that means uh, by being fully integrated is we have in-house design and we have construction. We also have site selection services and also maintenance. Uh, we have a maintenance group. Uh, that actually maintains some of these facilities after we're done. What we build, we design, and what we design, we build. So a little bit unique in, you know, we're not a, a traditional general contractor. We get lumped in a, a lot and we get, we, we're called construction company or, or contractor. And really we're more than that. We're a lot more than that. Um, we get involved from the very beginning when a, when a potential client is just starting to think about um, issues they have or growing pains they're having, trying to figure out where the company's going and how, how their facilities are going to keep up. And it will help them uh, many times find land um, and, and then roll into the design process. Eventually, we build the facility. And then, like I said, a lot of times we'll, we'll never really leave. We'll have a, our maintenance group come in and ma maintain the facility. So it's not just like all these contractors coming in and one pouring concrete, one doing the beams, one doing the trusses, one right. doing the cold storage. Like you're actually strategically planning um, with these companies, with these owners on what the best fit facility is going to be for that. Absolutely. I mean, that's where all the hard work is done is up front, the, the planning phase and the design phase. I have a construction background. I've been, I've been building for 20 plus years. And I have a real passion for that, but I'm the first to admit that that's actually not where the real hard work is done. Yeah, that's where all the labor's done, but it's the upfront planning, the upfront designing, like that is, that's where it's done. If you do that right, um, the construction side is, is, is easy for us. And 
you know, a lot of these produce facilities we work on, they may, the construction may be six months, nine months, 12 months, depending on the size of the project. But it's quite possible that we've been talking and working with that client for two, three, four years before we've even started construction. So it's more than just, like I said, building a house, right? Right. Because, it right? Is. Let's, let's be real it because is. that's what you're almost getting looped into, right? Like you're just this construction worker that again, because we all know it, you hire a construction team, you could have 13 different subcontractors. You could have people that are going, what are we working on when they get here? And, and that's one of the big, I would say upsets that when anybody's talking about building new facilities, adding, adding to, their facilities it's almost like a big sigh you're like oh man yeah. i gotta oh i gotta call this guy and you know you're gonna go through the stress of this trust me at the our facility in california we just added i i don't know off the top of my head because i've been in tampa but it's like ten thousand square feet of facility i i do remember we had a guy that did the building we had a concrete guy like it was it was in phases with different yeah. contractors and and that's the worst right i mean yeah, and that's yeah. one of the things that's very hard because then you don't know I would say you talk about costs, right? Then your costs start to look a little bit differently because you get a plan for someone giving you an estimate over this entire project. But then all of a sudden, this guy doesn't have his lumber contract right. This guy doesn't have his, you know, mixing contract right. And next thing you know, costs can go up. Trust me. Do I sound like I'm talking from personal experience, Dan? Did you certainly sound like a, a customer of ours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we spend a lot of our time. I really do. I, talking to, to potential clients specifically that haven't worked with us in the past, you know, trying to make them see that AM King is, is different. What we do is different. The way we're set up is different. The culture, we, we look at ourselves as, as an extension of our client. We, our people, uh, once they start working with a client, they, they become ingrained in that, in that client's culture. And, and it's, it's almost like they're, they're an employee of that client instead of an employee of AM King. And we're fine with that. Like, that's what we want. And true. And you know, I've heard you mention on some of your podcasts about the produce world is very relationship driven. It's really so much based on relationships. And we have found that um, dealing with the, the produce clients that we've dealt with, they're looking to build a relationship with a group like us that they can look to and say, you know, I want to build this relationship. I want to build trust. You know, this is, you know, most of the time, multi-million dollar projects that, that they're investing. So there's a lot of trust there. They've got to build that trust and they want somebody who's going to look out for them. Um, and like you said, you know, coming from the owner's side is, you know, you think, oh, I got to call the contract. Oh, I got to deal with a contractor. I mean, you know, it's like, like you said, you know, that's people doing a house renovation projects. The worst thing is like, well, I want to do this, but gosh, I have to deal with a contractor. Like we don't want yep. clients to say, oh gosh, I have to find you know, a contractor and, oh, I got to deal with AM King. Like we want them to bring us in, start that relationship, help them figure out, you know, what they need, where the company's going um, and, and, and build that relationship for sometimes years. Like I said, before we actually put a shovel in the ground. That's also a tough part too, for produce companies, right? Because they're sitting here right off the bat. They're thinking, what do you want? They're thinking, what do you need today or tomorrow? Not four years from now, right? And and I think that's kind of how AM King works with these produce facility owners. And, and that kind of kind of shows your integrity, right? And I think that's kind of, you know, really what you just talked about was you're working with owners years, years, right? Before something's even done, just saying, hey, listen, this is what we can do. 
what, 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 what do you, what's your imagination going towards, right? Like, you know, building a relationship and I, you know, you said it before I did, I was going to talk about relationships and I just had this conversation with, you know, our owner and our sales manager uh, over the weekend. It's like, sometimes you start this relationship and it doesn't bear fruit for four years, just like a citrus tree. When you first plant a, a citrus tree, it takes three years, possibly at max to start bearing fruit. Um, you don't sit there and go yell at the plants and go, why are you not bearing fruit? I need to sell you. I need to sell you, darn it. Um, and some people have issues with that, Dan. You know, they need that instant gratification of sales, right? They're like, hey, I got to get a sale. I got to get a, I got to get something new going or I'm just going to push that customer away. Um, your relationships are standing way longer out than probably the normal produce relationship, right, everyone? I mean, think about it. Uh, when I sell citrus, yes, this, the relationship's standing for years, but that load of citrus is gone. I'm moving on to another load of citrus. I can move on to another variety. Sometimes your four-year project might be the same exact project, same facility, same location, and it just building out, Right. Do we need packing machinery? Do we need stainless steel? Uh, oh, wait, how much cold storage space? I mean, these aren't things that you can decide overnight. I mean, I've worked with the same grower, packer, shipper, Dan, for the last three years. And before that, we worked together in other companies for three to four years before that. Um, the cold storage can hold about three to five loads, right? That's it. And you're talking about a facility that packs a million cases of oranges a year, and you're going, what? And it's so funny because they bought that facility over 20 years ago, right? Has that been the most important thing to update their, um, their cold storage or has it updated other parts, right? With a smaller cold storage, you can force your customers to get product a lot quicker than with a larger cold storage. Wink, wink, everyone. Um, but, you know, you look at those things and we have been planning though. We, we've talked about new cold storages. We've talked about all these new add-ons, but like you're saying, they're not decisions that you could legitimately just go, okay, you know what? Let's build 50,000 more square foot of, of cold storage. Not worry about the rest of the facility now. Let's worry about that later. It's almost like, Dan, and tell me if I'm wrong, you're almost got to put together in pieces. Like everything's a side project inside the overall project. Right, right. I love your analogy of planting the tree because that's exactly what we do. I mean, it's it's that sometimes two, three, four years or more of, of building a relationship before you get an opportunity to really bear any fruit, right? So a lot of companies don't know what they need three years or four years from now. They're thinking about tomorrow. They're thinking about next week, you know? Oh, and wow. our job is to help them you know, think about what they need and how do they get there? And, you know, do they need a new greenfield facility? Um, that's three times, four times the size of what they've got. Can they add on to their existing facility? Is it just simply going in and renovating what they've got, making it more efficient? Um, there's, you know, you'd mentioned earlier about some of these old facilities. And it, it's funny because you, you walk into some facilities and you think, oh my goodness, look at this place. And you kind of think you've seen it all. And then you go to another one and you're like, oh, what? I haven't seen that before. You know, a lot of it is, is helping them update their facilities so they can maintain the integrity, you know, of their products. And technologies have come so far in the industry. What was done, you know, 20, 30, 50 years ago, um, there's newer, better technologies in the food and cold storage industry to uh, help maintain the integrity from refrigeration systems to controls of those refrigeration systems to actually going down just to how you build a cold storage facility or a produce facility and the 
the construction details, the minute details that nobody thinks about. Those have come so far. And, you know, part of our job, obviously, a big part of our job is to stay on top of the latest technologies and figure it out. Produce comes into this facility. Eventually, that, that produce goes out of the facility. What happens in between? How do we make sure that the integrity of the product is ensured? What can we do with our, our clients to, to kind of help understand their process? And that's what a lot of people don't think about. Is it comes in, it's got to go out, right? And, and what happens in between? You know, is yeah. there automation? Is there racking? Is there some sort of processing involved? Is there packaging? Um, is there some washed out? Like what happens from the time it comes in to the time it goes out? Well, a lot of times people just see the shell, right? They just sure. see the shell and they're yeah. just like, you know, whatever happens in there, we know it's revolutionary, right? Yeah, <laughs> they absolutely. don't know. They don't know what happens in there. That's why right. it's so fascinating when people see the insides of these buildings and see what's going on. I've got two quotes before we go to break and hear from some of our sponsors. One, Dr. William Rice, my, uh, my professor in my master's program, he said, Patrick, the way to do business is to think about how to think about things differently. If you can do that, then your imagination and your creativity will run wild. So think about how to think about things differently, everyone. Uh, that is one of my first quotes. And then second quote we have by Steve Jobs, which is, Dan, you said it, okay? Um, a lot of times people don't know what they want until you show them, everyone. Again, we didn't know we wanted an iPhone, a, a music device, and a uh, what was it, an internet service, right? All wrapped in to one device. When Apple and Steve Jobs released the iPhone, we thought three products were coming out. And then guess what? We came out with one product that did it all. We had no idea what we were in for. And that's what it sounds like AM King does for their clients. They developed these strategies and these visions for you. So let's take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and then we'll get right back to chatting with Dan at AM King. What's up everybody, item number three this week, we're talking about an organic sweet treat. Our friends at Cal Organic are coming correct with this organic bicolor cord. And the sweetness is out of this world. It's a fantastic delicacy to offer your customers during the early part of summer. The season is short. Don't miss out on spicing up your organic set with organic bicolor sweet corn from Cal O this weekend. Welcome to Terra Exports, a fast-paced, entrepreneurial, and innovative, multinational fresh produce company with eight divisions worldwide that handle fruits and vegetables across 65 countries. Did you know that Terra Exports was featured three times in Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies? Terra Exports starts at the ground, literally, with the growth of the product at the farm all the way through distribution channels up into the end user. They take pride in their products, arriving fresh and damage-free, and they're there every step of the way, working alongside suppliers and customers who share in their common goal. Visit Terra Exports at www.terraexports.com, as well as following them on social media on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. If you get on their website, you can also check their availability calendars and all of the produce that they have in store. When you join Terra Exports, you become a member of their global team of thinkers, innovators, dreamers, and doers who are bringing a fresh approach to the produce and supply chain industry. So reach out to Terra Exports today at terraexports.com. We 
Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. It's always great to hear from some of those sponsors here at the Produce Industry Podcast, creating dynamite content for the produce industry. But let's get back to talking to Dan A.M. King. Dan, welcome back. Happy to be back, Patrick. Fantastic. Yes, we had some great conversation before the break. You know, one of the things we spoke about, relationships, integrity, and forward thinking. Those are all fantastic tools to have in your tool belt, everyone. I'm telling you right now, strategic thinking is the way to go, especially when talking about, I'm going to say it, Dan, construction workers. Mm. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But actually looking at the overall design, you know, the architectural structure of a building and what goes inside of it, racks, packing machinery, all of the above, you know, Dan, and that's what brings me to think about uh, this next question, right? How to think about things differently is what we said before the break. When we talk about building out facilities, and I know you've built some uh, cool facilities for uh, for some of our partners out there that you know have been on the podcast, uh, but do you just worry about what's on the outside, the shell, or do you go more in depth? Do you help them find the packing machinery, the packaging, the processing? I mean, heck, we've got a packing house in California that I told you off mic, Dan, that we're starting to build and do things that we don't really know what we want or what we want inside the the shed, but we know we got to expand. Am I right? So how does AM King go about helping with that side of the business? Well, you know, you know, the outside of the building, the shell of the building, that's, that's, I don't want to say it's the least of our concerns, but we want to know what's happening inside. We want to know what you need to happen inside. And, And to understand that we've, We've got to spend time with you in your existing facility, see your existing operations, what works, what doesn't work, what's outdated, um, and then help you put together a plan, it, whether it's getting involved with, with the equipment and, and the right type of packing equipment um, that you may need, whether it's just the size of the building, what do you need, square footage, how tall do you need to go if you're going to rack it, you know, how many pallet positions do you, do you need, and how are we going to achieve that um, do you have the available space to expand at your existing facility? Uh, do you need to go off site, build a new greenfield building? Um, but we really need to understand your business. We need to understand um, how your business works and, and, you know, look at efficiencies. And when I say efficiencies, it's not um, in my world, we, we talk about efficiency a lot in construction and, and a lot of that has to do with energy efficiency and led light fixtures and, and, and mm. you know, new, latest technology on refrigeration controls or, or products in general, right? Well, there's more than just that that you, know, you need to think about when it comes to efficiency. It's really how you're operating your facility. How efficient are you now? How can that, you be more efficient? That's you know, how, interesting. Yeah. How is the building, you know, this new space, we're renovating the existing space. How are we going to help you become more efficient in what you do? As we said, that product comes in, eventually goes out. But what happens in between? I mean, that's where you know, mm. you gain or lose efficiency. Um, so, you know, we, we do a lot of um, renovation work, a lot of expansion work. Um, and, and quite frankly, going into an existing facility and saying, hey, you know, we just need to renovate this or we just want to add 10,000 square feet onto this. For us as the design builder, it's a lot, that's a lot more difficult product than you saying, hey, we own 50 acres down the road, we want to build a new 50,000 square foot facility. Uh, those ground up facilities, a lot easier than basically coming into your operation, disrupting what you're doing, trying to figure out how to make it better without telling you 
you know, Patrick, um, we're going to be in your way a lot and we're going to slow you down and it's going to be dirty. And we know that you ha still have to keep production where it is, but it, we're going to be a real pain for you. I mean, that's, you know, figuring out the logistics of all that and how we're going to keep your operation up and running 100%. That's that's a lot more challenging than a, than a new facility. No, I bet. I mean, heck, I've had renovations done to my home and my house and they have to like block off with the now like the clear like wall, whatever you call right. That big sheeting yep. that goes over because they got to make it almost like a clean room. Right. Whether whether there's produce in your facility. Right. Or not. I mean, that's what you have to do. So you don't get dust everywhere and, and crap everywhere. I mean, that's that's just what it is. And I know that, you know, when we expanded, you know, the facility in California and I think we, we were talking about this off the mic. And I still think, I mean, gosh, the owners might get mad at me, but it's like, I still don't think they know what they want, right? <laughs> I think they know that it's more or less like, we know we've got to update. We know we have to expand, you know, business is getting bigger. And it is, I mean, listen, to put, you know, $40,000, $50,000 into a project versus building a whole new facility for millions of dollars. I mean, these are costs metrics that obviously everybody looks like or looks at, mm -hmm. right? Everyone. So, and, and to point this, I got to throw this out here because there are consumers that listen to this uh, podcast. So if you're a consumer and, and you're thinking about a, a produce company and you're thinking about what it might look like, there are produce companies that are hundred year old buildings. And then all the way up to Dan has built brand new facilities that are state of the art, right? That where you can't even get in without having the full, like, you know, uh, like doc, you know, doc Brown, uh, you know, <laughs> full cloak on, like you're going in to see plutonium, right? right? right like right. that's what you, you know, I've been there, trust me. And, um, these facilities are, are, are magnificent. Um, but at times, like I said, it starts with just like this idea of, you know, this is what I want. Um, but it sounds like Dan, you're bringing to the aspect and to consumers listening, you're bringing the aspect of like, let us help you design what you want. We'll, we'll piece these things together. What could be in your facility? Because that question kind of sprung in my head while you were, while you were talking um, is like, so does that cost get bled on to like the consumer, right? Because it's like, if someone's building a million dollar facility, they got to somehow figure out how to spread those costs over a 30 year time period, right over how long they're financing the building for and things like that. And then you said, oh, wait, what lighting? Oh, wait, you're right. Do they need the LED lighting? Do they need regular lighting? Are they actually cutting fruit in there um, that they need? The, what, what's the lighting they use for cut fruit facilities? It's like that blue lighting, right? Yeah. Like they use in hospitals, right? These are all right. things to, that, to consider. And I think like me as a, the packing house guy, I, you, I wouldn't know. Right. I would just be like, well, no, you put lights up there, right? Lights, you <laughs> lights, you put wires, copper, right? Because that's the normal I would say the normal person, it's not that we lack the common sense of it, but we all know what we know. Right, Dan. So that's right. When these things are now coming to fruition, right. You're sitting here going, okay, so those lights are different. We would need this specialty, right? We would need stainless steel because we're cutting. Uh, we'll need right. Boom, boom, boom. This goes down the line. And how does that affect you, Dan? Well, yeah, now you're sitting here going, okay, I know the materials we need to use for the inside. I know what kind of insulation we use. I know what we need to now procure you the right building. Right. Right. You talk and you're talking about, you know, making investments, passing it on to, to the customers. But that, that's that's where we, we need to figure out how to be more efficient and, and you need to be become more efficient. So you're doing things and, and not incurring. So you don't have to pass it on to the, to the consumer. Um, so that's why the word efficiency, it's obviously it's it's been a buzzword. Um, in the design build world for many, many years, but now more than ever, you know, 
potential clients are coming to us saying, um, you know, how, how do I make this facility as efficient as possible? And, and, and another thing when it comes to efficiency and the operation of the facility is, you know, labor and the labor shortages that, are, that aren't getting any better. We're seeing them in all kinds of industries, most industries, but we really see them in, in, in farming and construction and um, produce facilities, quite frankly, food facilities. Is, is, it's hard to get the people and the labor. How can, we, how can we do this and have the same or more input and output with less labor, with less people, right? How do we figure yeah. that out? So that, that comes back to efficiency. We try to figure that every day with farming as well. I mean, heck, even for labor challenges, a buddy of mine had an asparagus crop that, you know, he couldn't get laborers for to pick. So he actually had the people, you and me, regular normal mm-hmm. consumers go out and pick for him, but he gave the, fr- you know, he gave the fresh produce away. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at all those challenges that we have just within labor and, and just like what you said, even within the facility, right? The labor right. For facilities. No, it, it's crazy. I and mean, I think that this is a great organization. Again, if I was to think about a construction facility and I think our industry as well as people don't know that there's facil- or facilities, there's organizations out there that are specifically designed to build produce companies, right? I know you guys probably have other ventures that build facilities, dry houses, right? All these types of things. Um, but to be dedicated and to have that niche and to be able to have that in, in your vision, right? I, I think that says a lot because relationships, right? If all of a sudden I had a guy come down the street and say, oh, we can build this facility, boom. Hey, how many produce companies have you done? That's one of the main company, like, you know, main like questions you start asking people are like, hey, so how long you been in produce? How long you been here? If, if people say like zero to five years, you almost start questioning them. You're like, hmm, zero to five, huh? So you haven't gone through these food safety protocols and laws and you haven't seen those cases where people have been thrown in jail. Like, do you, are you sure you know what you're doing? It's like, then you go to the next stage was who can refer me to someone that knows about produce and about building buildings. I mean, how many times have you gotten that from a, from a reference that says, Hey, I'm going to introduce you to this guy, but he's got to make sure you, you know, produce, right, Dan? Like, right. and you're just absolutely, like, absolutely. Like, again, and, and we talked about relationships earlier, but we've probably gotten um, more projects more produce projects off of strictly referrals than any other way. I mean, we're out marketing and our business development group is out, you know, talking to potential clients, but we, you know, 15 years ago, 17 years ago when AM King actually started, uh, I mean, we, we, we obviously hadn't done any produce facilities and all of a sudden you start doing one or two and this, this guy at this produce company does business with this. Hey, you need to talk to them. They have a yep. facility that they need. Oh, oh, AM King did this for us. And it's a, it is such a huge network. If you look at, at the, the produce um, network across the United States, such, I mean, such a huge network, but yet it doesn't feel that way. Everybody seems to know everybody. And so you do a project for this company and it could be a small local family run company before you know it, another small local company is calling you because they heard you did their facility. We've gone to places in the, in the United States we've never built before. And as soon as we start building a produce facility, another produce facility that's already in town rolled another in town says, shows up. wait, who's yeah. building that? Wait, they must know what they're doing because they're building that yep. for this company. So the referrals, it's, it's amazing. The network, um, the, the, it's, it's, it's close. It's a close uh, network. And, and it's, you can going back to the relationships, you can tell a lot of people it's, it's a relationship-driven, relationship-based um, industry for sure. Oh, 100%. And you got to remember, a lot of our um, produce people, they're immigrants. 
they're mavericks, right. right? These are people that have built, right? These organizations from seeds, literally from seeds, everyone. And, and that's what's so cool about it. So it does go back to the relationship, but it also really goes back to what's happening in the produce and supply chain industry and where these companies have come from. So right. Dan, I, I, it's been great to have you on the show today. It's been fantastic talking with AM King and about the facilities that they're procuring for the fresh produce industry. But on top of that, we want to know where can we get a hold of AM King or if anybody wants to reach out to your organization or yourself. Sure. Well, you can find us on LinkedIn and all the other social media outlets, um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, amkinggroup.com. You can go check us out our website and see firsthand what, what projects we've been working on. Um, but yeah, we're here to help. Uh, we, we love doing the, the the work in the produce industry, you know, we're, we're focused on the food industry in general, but we have really enjoyed working with the clients we've worked with in the produce industry. Um, culturally, we seem to fit our culture lines up with a lot of companies in, in the produce world. And, and we'd love to talk to more. And, you know, Patrick, I appreciate you having me today. My, this is my first podcast ever. We talked about that offline. Woo! I've enjoyed it. This is this this has been so much fun. I could I could keep talking to you for hours here. So I hope to come back and we can talk about some other topics. Uh, listen, you're always welcome back. I love first time podcasters because it gives them a sense of urgency to say, I have to do this again. This has been exciting for me. And that's what it's all about, everyone. It's about it's about promoting great companies and great people. So listen. Everyone, if you're out there and you're looking about renewing, renovating, building a new building, come to the company that thinks like Steve Jobs. Let them create and strategize something that you never have even thought about before. Something that they will build for you will be spectacular for generations to come. So everyone, thank you for joining today. And as always, we'll see you in the fields and on the horizon. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.